You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Peacock and Williamson. Get your picks, previews, and much more weekdays with the Peacock and Williamson podcast all around the NFL. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. I want to talk about a couple things today. I want to talk about the defense. And I want to talk some more about Aaron Rodgers. Let's start with the defense because I do not want to tire you out with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. And what I wanted, what I want to start with is Eric Stokes. Okay. And why do I want to start with Eric Stokes? He's probably not going to start at corner. So it seems weird to start with him. See what I did there. But according to Pro Football Focus, he had an 18.5 passer rating in man coverage last season. It was the lowest of any college football cornerback with at least 100 snaps in man coverage. That is really good. And he had the number one next-gen stats projection model score based on athleticism and productivity last year. Now, the numbers are a little skewed because of some turnovers. Not unlike when Kevin King had a solid uh, passer rating when targeted in 2019, despite the fact that he did not have good overall grades by pro football focus. But it is true, Eric Stokes had better man coverage grades than zone grades last year by a significant margin. He was a very good man cover corner last year. And one of the things we talked about when Joe Barry was hired was the flexibility that this defense provides. So you go back to Chicago and Vic Fangio, Kyle Fuller played a lot of off coverage because he was better reading the quarterback's eyes and breaking on the ball. Prince of Mukamara played a lot of press. Kevin King is going to be better as a press man corner. And we we talked a little bit about this at the time. But the more I've looked at it, the more I think this helps not only Kevin King, but Josh Jackson and Eric Stokes. Because Eric Stokes wants to get up and press you. He wants to play press. And this defense allows him to do that. So even though... He's going to be in a lot of match zone concepts. And a lot of it's going to be cover three, cover two, cover four, cover six. And some man. And and there are a lot of concepts and coverages where it's basically going to be man coverage on the backside. Where Eric Stokes is going to be in a position to say, I can pick what I want to do. And that that was true in the Mike Patton defense as well, where you, you get to pick, okay, do I want to press or do I want to play off? But this defense is all about disguise. It's all about deception pre-snap. And you have those rip Liz concepts and you're moving the safeties down, you're spinning down and you, okay, now I'm off, now I'm pressing. But I'm pressing, but I'm really bailing. 
It's all about that deception. And the fact that all of these guys now can do the thing that makes them most comfortable in a given situation puts them in the best situation to succeed. Because Jair Alexander can do anything. You can play him in press man. You can play him in off. You can play him in, you know, that sort of uh, cover three press that Richard Sherman liked to play. Where I'm gonna, it's still zone coverage, but I'm gonna come up and I'm gonna challenge you at the line of scrimmage. You're gonna see Eric Stokes do that. I would like to see Kevin King do that. It, all that length and size, and you're not pressing. Why? Why? I get why Jair Alexander's playing off. He's twitched up, great instincts, read the eyes of the quarterback, and go make plays on the ball. That's that's where he shines. That's not where Kevin King shines. And then on the flip side, Josh Jackson is someone who probably wants to play off. He wants to read the eyes of the quarterback. He wants to break on the ball and he wants to use his playmaking instincts. All of this is allowed and not just allowed, but encouraged in this defense where you're going to show one thing pre-snap and then get to another thing. And what it does is you are not pigeonholing these corners. You are not saying, okay, you are going to play majority man coverage and it's going to be press. And so you have to get press man corners. And then when they're asked to play zone, they struggle. Or you look at it the other way. Josh Jackson is a majority zone corner when he's asked to play man. It's not as good. Now, I think he's improved in man coverage. And I'm not, I don't pretend to understand why he wasn't getting more reps at the end of last year. I don't understand why Kavari Russell, who the Packers just cut, was active over him, even in a special teams role. If Josh, if, if they needed, if Kevin King gets hurt and they needed someone to go play corner, it can't be Kavari Russell. It needed to be someone like Josh Jackson. And the fact that they didn't think enough of him to have him out there. Number one, I don't understand because I thought he played well enough. This has got to be some other thing, whether it's preparation, whether it's practice, whether it's attitude. I don't know. But I, I'm speculating because based on on-field production, he's been good enough to me to warrant a longer look. I am preaching to the choir on this, or at least you guys know how I feel about this with Josh Jackson. Now, we don't really know exactly how they're going to handle this star position. Joe Barry said... You know, we, we think Jair can do it a little bit. Um, there's going to be some situations where, you know, you're going to you're going to put someone else in there. I think, you know, Josh Jackson could get some looks in there because it's not going to be a ton of man coverage in the way that it might have been in in other defenses. Shannon Sullivan, you know, his playmaking, Shamar Jean Charles, by the way, he can play press man, even though he's a little bit undersized. He wants to come up and challenge receivers as well. And that flexibility Based on the call, I think puts this coverage unit in a great position to succeed. What's more, when you have safeties like the Packers have with Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos and their ability to spin down and rob the middle or you know Darnell Savage's ability to play that, that deep half or deep middle center field role if they need him to, there's going to be a lot of cover three in this defense. And you're going to need Darnell Savage to be back there patrolling. He can erase mistakes. And we saw it last year. Yeah, Savage, a lot of what he did was robbing the middle of the field. And he can do that. But he also made some plays in the deep 
half and deep middle of the field as well. And his speed, his playmaking, and his his ball skills there can be a tremendous boon for these corners because they can say, look, we're going to press. We're going to feel comfortable about pressing because you know what? I've got help behind. Now, in some defenses, that won't be the case. You know, quarters, you're going to be expected to, to man your side of the field. And that's a little bit confusing because you're not manning, you're zoning your side of the field, but you understand the premise. Now, cover two, yeah, come press. And then you've got the flat. And you're going to expect your safeties to help over the top in the deep half of the field. All of this coverage disguise and, and the mixing of coverages means that if you're not great at one particular thing, there are these other places where you can be good. And so the guys who press, when they're going to play press man or they're going to play cover two, you can be out there doing it and you're not affecting the soundness of your defense. And the guys who want to play off, they're going to mix coverages so much that you're going to get opportunities to be in a position to do that and to succeed and help your team. Now, you don't want to tip your coverages based on personnel, obviously, but the fact that you're going to mix them so often, it is an advantage to your defense because you are creating that uh, doubt in the mind of the opposing quarterback and the opposing receivers. But also, you're giving yourself more opportunities where you can have your guys be in the best position to succeed. Today's episode is brought to you by BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I had one yesterday. In fact, I had the coconut. No one does coconut like Built Bar. And if you don't like coconut, that's okay. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. They are delicious. My dad buys them for work and he buys other kinds of bars as well. He was telling me. And guess what? The Built Bars always go first because they are delicious. And not only are they delicious, but they are doing the work of a protein bar with high protein, high fiber, and low carb and low sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new Carpet. Plus, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Yes, that is a thing. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. So I was thinking about this Aaron Rodgers situation after our show yesterday. And, you know, this we, we talked a little bit about this, this pushback from some people. Oh, the fans, and why are they on management's side and not Rodgers' side? And I was I was truly really trying to interrogate that question. Why is that? And I thought, okay, what would what would the circumstances have to be for fans 
as a as a group, because there are certainly some fans who who support Rodgers. I mean, I think everyone on some level supports Rodgers. It's just that they feel like the team comes first. Fans carry the G. They don't carry the 12 jersey. Some do, but you know, I I think most Packer fans are Packer fans. But I do think there are circumstances that could lead fans to say, yeah, we get it. This is this is BS. And and I wish they had they had not done that. And I get why you're upset and I get why you want to. Because I, I think there are a lot of fans who don't understand why this got to this point, why this got to a boiling point. And so I was thinking, what if Aaron Rodgers comes out after the 2018 season and after Mike McCarthy is fired and after Matt LaFleur gets the job and says, I'm out. I don't, this is, I don't like this. I'm out. And yes, Rodgers got to talk to Matt LaFleur before Matt LaFleur officially got the job. And there's some there's some problems in the timeline with how this was described. First, it was, you know, the Packers decided on LaFleur and then called Rodgers. And, and there are some, oh, well, no, before Matt LaFleur got offered the job, he talked to Rodgers. It doesn't matter. Rodgers was not consulted on the decision. He was looped in at some point to talk to the guy the Packers ultimately chose, but he didn't really make the decision. He did not really have any input on the decision. Now, the Packers went to their leadership council, asked them the kind of traits that they thought the the next head coach should have, and it's not as though the players were not in any position to help out. But think about what happened that year. 2017, Rodgers gets hurt. They have a bad year. Mike McCarthy, Brett Hundley. 2018, Bad year. Rodgers gets hurt, uh, but plays. McCarthy gets fired. The the pieces come out about the dysfunction. It's a disaster there. And then the Packers hire a relatively unknown coach and almost entirely unproven head coach. One year as a play caller. Uh, essentially a neophyte in, in NFL circles. And it was not the guy Rodgers... Would have chosen. Remember, he liked the tweet from Darius Rucker about Dabo Sweeney. And there was uh, good intel that that Rodgers wanted Josh McDaniels. And then there is, of course, the, the Bleacher Report article that included the quote from Mark Murphy. Don't be the problem. Don't be the problem. You have... Essentially, the person in charge of the Packers telling the franchise player, play nice with the new head coach. If, let's say, after that Bleacher Report article comes out, there is a report, Aaron Rodgers fed up. I think a lot of people would really have understood it. And it's not that dissimilar from the situation that Deshaun Watson was in before these sexual assault allegations. So if you go back to the the hiring season before the Texans hired their new coach, that was when this all went down. So we're talking about January, right? Deshaun Watson goes, look, I was supposed to have say on the GM and I didn't have say. And I was supposed to have say all along here. And I just don't trust you guys to figure this out And so I'm out. And guess what everyone around the league said? Yeah. Yeah. 
I get it. I get it. And I, I think it's it's easy to forget now the situation that the Packers were in at that point in 2018. They had made the decision to move on from Jordy Nelson. They brought in Jimmy Graham. That was a disaster. Not quite a DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson trade disaster, but I mean, pretty bad and horribly unpopular with fans. Horribly unpopular. Everyone wanted Jordy Nelson back, including the quarterback, by the way. And and Nelson wanted to be back. He would have taken a pay cut and the Packers basically said, thanks, but no thanks. Now, a couple of months later, the Packers go on a spending spree. It turns out Matt LaFleur was um, probably the right coach to have hired. The best coach from that coaching cycle by far. And has one of the best records ever for a two-year head coach. Two 13-3 seasons, two trips to the NFC Championship game. It is hard to imagine a better scenario having played out. But that wasn't the case in January. And think if Aaron Rodgers had done this, then he said, look, that was a disaster. You guys just tried to bring in this old guy who's not as good. And you you let go one of my best friends who still had years left, who wanted to take a pay cut. That's ridiculous. You bring in this who? Who is Matt LaFleur? I don't know who that is. And, you know, he's practically my age. You know, it's like your your uh, you know parents get divorced, and then suddenly your dad is dating you know someone who's twenty five, and you're twenty five, and you're like, what is going on? You you can understand why he'd be pissed off. You'd be going, yeah, I'd want out too. This is ridiculous. What are we doing here? I, I mean, I can't believe that this is happening. We could have had Derwin James, and instead we traded it for you know whatever. I don't even know. I mean, I, I think that would have been a pretty reasonable situation for the Packers to have been in. And Rodgers at that time could have laid all of that out there. But guess what? He didn't. And, and you can say, oh, well, he just signed a contract. So did Deshaun Watson. So did Deshaun Watson. Had just, you know, Rodgers had just, you know, six months earlier signed this massive deal. And sure, it would have been completely ridiculous, totally untenable for the, the Packers to have traded him. But he could have sent some pretty strong signals. Hey, this is ridiculous. This is BS. And I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And frankly, could have gone, I think, could have gone to management and said, I want, I want, I want say. And and could have done that in 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 pre-2018, before the contract, with Brian Gudekinst. Could have said, I want say with the GM because now there is this, I think, pretty vague reporting that Rodgers wanted someone else to be the GM. It's easy to say now when you're pissed off at that guy and not, you know, before that when, you know, he goes out and has this marquee free agent signing, brings in Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, the Preston Smith, who at least had a great 2019 season, Billy Turner, these guys who have really made the team better. It's a lot easier now after you draft Jordan Love and you put together a draft class that doesn't really help you win a Super Bowl, say, oh, well, I never liked that guy. I think the timing of all of this is important. And I think that's the thing that a lot of fans are struggling with. They're going, 
you know, you, you could have been this pissed off in 2018. We were this pissed off in 2018. If you're fans, you're saying that. But now they hired this great coach who you purportedly get along with. And your offense takes this huge step forward. So who gives a crap if they drafted a receiver? The offense was great. And guess what? The team is really good. And they brought in a bunch of guys and they added some quality veterans last year. They get, go out and get Rick Wagner and that's a huge deal in the playoffs because David Bakhtiari goes down and how many teams have three or four caliber, starting caliber offensive tackles. That was a big deal. And then they push all this money out in the future to try and bring this team back to go win a Super Bowl. They're ready to win now. They're, they're either the best or the second best team in the NFC. They absolutely could go win a Super Bowl. So what's the beef? What really is the problem here? The team is good. The coach is good. The situation is good. And the cap, they managed. They did all of the, the cap machinations that they needed to do to get under the cap without Aaron Rodgers' money. They kicked the can down the road so that everyone could come back so that they could make a run with this team. So what's the deal? What's the deal? I don't get it. I think there are a lot of fans who are saying that. And and look, I, I, I see both sides of it, no doubt. And as I said yesterday, it's not up to us to decide uh, when Aaron Rodgers is happy. He has to decide that. And if he's not happy, he has to decide what, what things are important to him. And, you know, if, if he values respect and he feels like he's being disrespected, then he has to make those decisions for himself. But it's also the case that fans don't have to understand them. They don't have to sympathize with those grievances. And I've said this about a hundred times on this show. This is why ultimately I think this gets solved. Because it's really hard to explain in an interview, which Rodgers is going to have to give many of, no matter what, but especially if he gets traded, he's going to, you know, that first sit-down interview with Aaron Andrews on Fox, NFL Sunday, game of the week, he's going to have to explain. So why didn't this work out? Why the team is really good. Why didn't this work out? I mean, it would be pretty unprecedented for a guy to win MVP and then demand to be traded. From a 13-3 and team, the timing doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Two years ago, it would have made sense. It doesn't make sense to me now. But guess what? It doesn't have to make sense to me. It's not my life. It's not my call. It's Aaron's. And I, you know, I totally respect that. And and he has to, he has to do what he has to do for his own sanity and, and happiness and mental well-being and all that stuff. So it is not up for us to decide. It is up for him to decide. It is his right to do that. He does not have to earn, you know, the right to pursue happiness for himself. He is an American, damn it. And this is all, you know, well within his rights. And it's also within your rights to say, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, there, there are some people out there who, you know, they're happy doing CrossFit. They're happy eating vegan. Some people like zucchini. I don't like zucchini. 
I don't get it. But yeah, if, if you want to eat zucchini, eat zucchini. Gross. But, you know, I'm not going to judge you. I, I just don't like it. It's not for me. You walk your path and I'll walk mine. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got a ton of sports going on right now. The NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball is in full swing, 100% pun intended. Track all the action at Bet Online and make some money while you do it before the next pitch, before the next tip off, before the next golf ball is struck. Head to Bet Online on your mobile device or your laptop to check out all of the sign-up bonuses and contest informations. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yesterday on the Locked On Today podcast, we wondered what is causing fans to act like idiots at sporting events. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. More to come. We've got a monster interview coming up next week that I hope will uh, shed some light on everything that's going on. Really excited to bring you that. So we will have that coming up, recording later in the week and uh, dropping next week. Uh, we are we are heading into, I mean, we're a week away now, under a week away now from mandatory minicamps. And, and as has been said many times, do not expect a resolution to this Rogers stuff soon. Uh, this is going to come to a full head uh, in a week when, when mandatory minicamps show up and the Packers can start finding him, when Rogers can start missing out on money if he doesn't show up. And I, I think that's going to give us a lot of clarity on where he is, where the Packers are, and where they are as a negotiating tandem. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. To stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.